Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. And thanks to our podcasting partner, Full String Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hi, Mark. Patrick, we have an expert in the studio today. Oh, thank goodness. I know, right? Lois Phillips, communications consultant. Lois, how are you? I'm just great, Mark. Thanks Hello. so much for having me here. Well, today. We, you know, we, you, you qualify as a fascinating person, so there you go. I'm honored. Yeah. <laughs> I love those glasses. That, that's like neon blue, right? I know. I rock. I, see? <laughs> there you go. Took me a while. Um, how long have you lived in Santa Barbara? You know, I arrived here with a wave of people who came um, in the 70s when UCSB was growing, and right. I was married to someone who was a young professor, so that was 72. Oh, nice. And I moved here on uh, Fiesta Weekend, 1972. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. So, so there was a lot happening. We were. J- I was just talking about that right in those 70s, a lot of people coming here from all over the place. And it is um, the, an amazing place to live. And the, the show is to, you know, focus on the people in the region. I mean, an hour north and an hour south. I mean, this this part of the world is, is pretty spectacular. Well, you and I have seen a lot of changes and the evolution of this area because when I first moved here, I was from New York originally, and then I lived in Amherst, Mass., and I thought this was a really big mistake because mm-hmm. it was so <laughs> boring. And restaurants closed down at 8 p.m. That's you right. may remember Roll that. Roll up the sidewalks. Roll up the sidewalks. And the only, I mean, luckily, I was part of a, a faculty community, and people were very welcoming. But I had to be out there. There. Right. We know where there is. Yep. And um, I wanted to be downtown, and there was not much There was not much of a downtown. Even when you got downtown. Yeah. Even when yeah. I got downtown, there was you know, no there there. So right. it's changed, and I'm so happy I stayed. I bet you are too. Yay. Yeah, well, very much. Well, you couldn't pry me off this rock uh, <laughs> okay. at all. I'm with you. Um, I, I will talk to people that I'm coaching, and I'll say it's not enough to be excellent at communications. I believe you need to be gifted at communications to, to be really successful. I think we, in, in every aspect of our life, I, I can go on for a while. Yes. And so yes. knowing that this is how you identify yourself, you are, a, you know, you're an expert in communications. And in fact, um, you just wrote a piece called, Are You Ready? How You Present Yourself On Air, What Makes a Good oh, Interview. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, um, I, I want to talk about that. Oh, I want to understand because this, how we communicate, how we come across, is there, there's so many aspects to it. There's the there's the content piece, and then there's the, the that layer of uh, presentation, how you show up, right? Because you could have true. a great message, but if you got a voice, you know, you got an odd voice, or you just have a, a, a odd affect, it's not right. going to work. Right. So what what was the driving force? You said, man, I have so much to say about this. I got to write this post. Okay, you can write them. You can fill in the comments box, at least, Mark. But seriously, uh, you know, I had a wonderful interview recently with someone right oh. here in Santa Barbara. Oh. And I, I have a lot of media experience sure. myself on the other side of the, the desk. And uh, I love that. And it's, it's an adrenaline rush. I, I just found it, it really helped me focus myself mentally. I was in the moment. All those things mm-hmm, that we tend mm-hmm, to not be mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. we're 
you know, just moving through our day absentmindedly. But uh, this this was a particularly sweet interview. And I came home and I, I wanted to deconstruct it because I kept thinking about it. It oh. was an hour with somebody I knew, I have to say, but I never knew him in that role. And right. he had, like you, just developed this affinity for the broadcast opportunity, right, right. and um, and so I thought, what was there about? Because it was not like talking to the person I knew. He had a different persona, and he was so uh, in the moment. He's a businessman, uh, and he's very blunt and direct and has that New York edge and sardonic humor, and we really connect in personal oh, life, nice. but I don't know him that well, but I knew uh, that much. Uh. And then when we got, I thought, what was it that made me feel so, that we were really emotionally intimate during that conversation? And there is something about putting on the headset, talking mm-hmm. into the mic, mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. the way we mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. eyeball to eyeball. And I tried to deconstruct that. And I looked back over some of the research because I'm one of those, you know, student types to see, you know, the, the great interview is the Oprah Winfrey and the Terry Grosses. And what is it that they do that make people reveal themselves and disclose mm. maybe even what they didn't want to afterwards? But that made them feel trusting. And I think yeah. it's, it's yeah. about that capacity to make the person trust you so that you want to connect the dots. And and the bottom line was at the end of the hour, there were some dots I connected that I never connected before that he helped me connect. Now, there were a million were, dots. They were. And, you know, they were, you know where he started with, he wanted to know, how did I get into education? How did I get into right. higher education? Right. Uh, what was it that I felt was so compelling as, as a kind of work, et cetera? And, you know, that could be a very dry conversation, but uh, it helped me look into the person I was, the values I have, what got me excited about seeing people learn and grow as I did at Antioch University for so many years. And uh, I I felt validated in a way that I hadn't. Oh, interesting. And I think that's a gift. So when you talk about the gift of communication, he paid attention to me. He built on what I said. He said, well, wait a minute. A few minutes ago, you said this. Now you're saying that. And how do we put that together? He listened. And most of us don't. Most of us don't pay that kind of attention because we're already thinking about the next thing. Does that make sense to you? It it completely makes sense. And I think that the... um, when we talk about communication, it's a conversation, and it's not just exhale only. Mm. Yes, right. Mm. Right? Mm. Exactly. There's a, there's a back and forth. Yeah. You have to breathe into that. Yeah. And I think the improv training has taught me that when you don't do that, the audience knows you didn't do that because <laughs> mm-hmm. they were listening. Yeah. Yeah. They were paying attention. And, oh, you missed it that they said she fell down the mine shaft. Oh, and you you, you just go off on the thing you wanted to say and you weren't reacting and you exactly. weren't in the moment. Exactly. I, I took a little bit of improv class, uh, improv classes here, and I had the same experience. It was very humbling, actually, because I thought I was pretty damn good. And I found it very hard to build on what my partner was saying to stay with him or her and take it farther and stretch it out and make it bigger. And it was it was a great class. I have to say I took a few of them with my friend. So we are very um, we're pro improv in in the sense that <laughs> as a business skill, right? As as yeah. one of those things in your communication toolkit, right? Not only 
do you need to be articulate? Do you need to be able to craft the idea, to be able to, uh, my TED is showing now in the sense of <laughs> getting that idea distilled down right. to, to that one true sentence, right, 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 that you're all about. Yeah, But exactly. being able to be present and know, I, I liked what you said about trust, is like, well, I trust that this guy's not gonna, you know, give me the, uh, you know, the ambush kinds of questions. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And I'm not waiting for you to shut up so I can say the next thing I'm going to say because you may some say something in the next second that changes it. What? Right. What is that about? Right. Well, and also some of the more hostile, confrontational kinds of celebrity interviews mm. really make it about them. Mm -hmm. So the guest right. isn't honored for what they bring right. to the table. Right. And obviously we're connecting now and that's, that makes it fun. Right. So after that hour, I was, I was up all day. And, and that's what that's, you said, like, what did, so, yeah. so let's, what were the three things? So, <laughs> so, his the, the he, he built listened. trust he, he, listened, he, he listened built trust which built trust right what else right. and he made me think he made me think and he you know and, and related to that and the other two he was interested in in that right. and and how my mind works so you know when you just to go back to something you said at the beginning about uh, the the gift of communication and when you start to deconstruct that notion of what is that gift yep there yep. has to be curiosity about Absolutely. the other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there has to be some content. And so if we sat here, because it's no longer, thank you God, 1972, when we just talk about our feelings, we do have something <laughs> to say, right? <laughs> and we can say interesting things about the world today and yep. what we're worried yep. about and what yep. we're noticing and put, you know, connect a few pieces of information that show we have an intellect. So I, I don't want to say it's just about the breathing, but when I don't breathe, I get dumb. So, it, you know, we are a whole unit, and we have to breathe to have the brain kick in. But there is content, and I hope that when we leave each other, you can say, I like what she said, and quote me, and vice versa, because that means there was some content Ex <laughs> no, Exactly, which is why I like to, uh, I, I, my listener knows that I think in threes, and so I'm trying, I tried, I found the three things, right? right and so now someone who is thinking about interviewing or wh whoever it is that they're trying to get more information from, we've yeah. just given them a little rubric to, right. to test. Aren't they right. all interviews? Every networking event I've ever been to, yes. I've always felt like I'm doing, I'm doing a brief, <laughs> I have like, it's, it's like speed dating, right? Where you're moving around a network event. And oh, you're, yeah. But Absolutely. if you don't listen to what they have to say. Yeah. You walk away without any information that you can't apply later or use, do anything with. Right, and you and the person is turned off because they know that you're already thinking about the person behind. You were just pitching you and, and sailing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it it does involve. I want that T-shirt. <laughs> if if I don't breathe, what you? I, when I don't breathe, I get dumb. Is that what you said? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. We'll roll the tape back, but it was right, I, right, as you said that I thought, ah, right. oh, that would be an incredible. You know, show. and and there's another piece to this, and you know this, Mark, from your your corporate business background that. Uh, many people, you know, most people don't like to speak, and they think of formal speaking. But I, I remember we talking to faculty who also doesn't like public speaking very right. much, and I would say, you know, you're pitching all the time. Always. You're pitching mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. the minute that someone shakes your hand. Yep. There is a persuasive dimension to what's happening, and it may not be intentional, but they're thinking, do I want to go to this school because I want to know this person, and if that person radiates some good energy, I'm going to want to come back and well, talk to yeah. that person again. Exactly. And that persuasive aspect of whether you call it, I call it speed networking, where you have to be on your 
your game. And you have to have a point to make. But in addition to your desire to manipulate them to think you're charming <laughs> and they want to hire you, you want you want no, to we don't do that. you know you want them to know something about you and you want to know something about them. I want them to not that. take their eyes off of me. <laughs> and and did right? that happen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can you can yeah. do that. I yeah. mean, when you're on stage, yeah. that first time I open my mouth, I want you cuz I don't have the ability of of uh of being right next to you, yeah. so I'm talking to a whole yeah, audience. Yeah. So I need you to trust me because I am going to try to sell you an idea later, yes, and exactly. I want you to trust that I'm, you know, can do that. So that first sentence out of my mouth is, is so important. You know, we we teach people how to do TED talks, right? Yes, so there's, very exciting. And and that. I want them to fall in love with you mm. and your eventually with your idea, but first with you. And I want you to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I want you to. I, and I'm rooting for you as a. That's the thing. I think yeah. people don't realize that the audience is rooting for you. They I don't want, want you to be great. They don't want you to fail. No. They will rationalize. In fact, bad talks. I have been to conferences really? where the people were ah. terrible, and the audience said, "You know, I got something out of that." And maybe uh, half of them uh, were uh, sleeping, <laughs> but they just don't want to admit they paid money for the conference and the person was a dud. So, you know, if we, again, I don't know that it matters in the emotionality of the moment when you feel vulnerable and you're on a stage and it's new, but I'm sure you, you have seen people grow and evolve into their power and authority in a couple of hours sometimes in a workshop setting yes and He's, and because oh. of all those those three things you listen yes. because we encourage them to feel that people were curious that people trusted them that people want to know what they had to say i mean i i feel that you have everything going for you up there but it's just the the experience of that can lessen the anxiety once you do it and you get coached it you is a muscle. Yeah. It is a muscle. I agree. Right. I'm not into the people are born great speakers mode. I, I think everyone has the capacity. Should they want to? Should they have something to say? Okay, let's stay with that for a second. So they, so, so it's absolutely a skill that you can learn. I think is what so. You're saying. Skill, muscle, whatever, however we call it, but it's not the great man theory. No, great man, great events. No. So I, I, I call it like sharpening my sword. So my martial right. arts, I can always sharpen that sword. You can't teach charisma, though, can you? You know, I think charisma is related to those three things. I think mm. that there is the sparkle factor. Sparkle factor. I call oh, it, no, I like that. I call it the sparkle factor, and I think I heard that from Senator Hannah-Beth Jackson. Another great t-shirt. We're talking about political. <laughs> We're going to go into business, yeah, right? right, afterwards. But. I, I think that I, I've worked with people who really were so knowledgeable, attorneys and doctors and um, professional you know, people all over the place who knew their discipline. They knew their field. Sure. They knew the hot sure. research. And they had very interesting things to say. But they were, they were very flat. Their affect, they, they lacked that excitement sparkle. and the sparkle factor. And the more we worked on, I could say that some people just have it and they're so much fun to talk to. And, and yeah, you yeah, get them yeah, on yeah, the stage yeah. and mm -hmm. they start with an edge, there's no doubt. But I think you can cultivate it in people. And I think that they have to want to connect with people. And that sincerity, someone said, I, I don't even want to quote who I think said this actually, given political stuff of the day. But I think <laughs> this particular person who shall have no name said, you can't fake sincerity. Was it Donald Trump? No, it was <laughs> not Donald Trump. 
but it was someone, um, you know, in his camp. Well, I mean, yeah, of course but you at can. any rate, yeah. you can't fake it. And if you sincerely have something you're excited about and you want to give it away, think of it mm. on a tray as a tray of brownies or whatever it is that you want to say, here, take this. This is so delicious. Right. This is going to change your life. And I remember some situations where, in one case, I had to defend my consulting gig to a board of trustees. <laughs> and the CEO wanted me and the board didn't because they didn't want to spend the money. And mm. they said, tell her to come back and, and give us an ROI on her value. And I was so upset about that because I never had to do that. And it was the best exercise I ever had <sighs> gone through because oh. I had to figure out what was the benefit to them. Yep. Yeah. And yep. I got them so excited, they didn't even let me get through. And But I wouldn't have bothered to do it. Mm. And so if you think, I have to sell them right. on the benefit right. of this right. information to those people it becomes very exciting and very difficult, and you really have to dig deep. I, I think coaching is, of course, really helpful. What was that? You right. walked into that boardroom, or you walked into that meeting. What What were you looking at, and how did you di- diagnose those people to figure out how you were going to present an ROI that they could understand? Well, mm. I, I, mm. I did my homework. I, I found out who was on the board. I, I knew who I was talking to, and I the CEO was very honest about why they were skeptical, and they weren't a board and maybe you know this, I mean no disrespect, but I think we are a small city and people are, are rather patrician and, and very provincial about hiring, you know, consultants to come in and take them to the next level. And this group just, they'd been on the board for many years, one twenty nine years. And they and thought they so had it figured out. They thought they were capable sure. of everything, but they really were in a crisis. So I had to know who I was talking to. I think that's really critical. What was the resistance about and what? how was I going to help them? And I had to be very sincere saying, you know, I, I'm not going to take this personally, but I, I know I can help you in these five or seven ways. And I, if you don't know your audience, it doesn't matter. I think we've all had professors who gave the same yellow notes lecture, you know. Yeah, totally. Do you think that as a public speaker, um, your talk is affected or modified based on audience A, audience B, audience C? If you've got like this talk, this whatever that thing yeah. is you do, yeah. how, how, do. Much, how much do you change it, though? I do, you know, it's related to my prior answer. Um, I, and I give you a concrete example because okay. I have a really dynamite uh, potential TED talk. Oh. And on gender and uh, public speaking and the differences between men and women at the podium. And I've given it at Harvard to the John F. Kennedy School mid career women, and that was all women, all women. And um, they and it was a certain perspective, and it was a gender lens, and I didn't I could just sure. they were sympathetic from sure. the minute I started. I gave the same talk to a co-ed group of attorneys. I had mm-hmm. to I took the core content because I had a series of examples of from Barbara Jordan to Anita Hill right. to Hillary Clinton, right. and talked about their speaking style and certain ways that they were criticized. That you know, had they been Bill Jordan and Bob, mm-hmm. you know, and so forth, right. uh, they, they, the criticisms would have made no sense. So I modified it for the attorneys, and then uh, and so forth. So I always think about how is I, this isn't my message. This isn't about me. I think I have an interesting idea, but how again do I get them interested in how knowing this is going to make them a better attorney? There were some young women attorneys sitting there. There were some men who mentored them. They had to know that this stuff about voice and right. speech right. and, right. and uh, nonverbal communication to mentor these young women whom they were investing in. 
And to bring them along, it was going to be very beneficial. Well, so don't, they could don't coach you, them. Don't you just coach them to be more like men? Exactly. Isn't that the way to do it? Just, just make them speak no. like men. That was 1950. I wasn't able to coach then. No. What it, what it, can I I, I want to sure, step into that one because sure. I'm, I'm fascinated by that right now right I I've, I've been very I've been very sensitive to mansplaining and this this conversation <laughs> around mansplaining and not wanting to be somebody who steps in and 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 jumps on somebody else's conversation particularly a woman's and then reiterating it and then claiming it for myself right um, what what then is your advice for somebody who is working with um, mentoring a woman what 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 different advice do you give to a man who's mentoring a woman versus like a woman who's mentoring a woman well let me just stay with the first part sure. then because i i think that uh, you know more often than not it will be a male manager mentoring right a, a female coming on board and there's so much great research now not just dry scholarly research but research in fortune and ink about this very topic and how to not be patronizing mm. but on the other hand you do want to share what you know so don't hold back some of the things that would be generic to a male or a female mm. but i think that there are two things happening here first of all if you're the mentor you want to make sure that the culture of your corporation or nonprofit or agency is uh, is going to be a safe place for a one for a younger woman coming up uh, that respects what it is that she has to say. So if you are at a meeting and she's presenting or she's on a panel, you make sure that if it's awkward because there are power dynamics at play here sure. and it's too awkward for her to say, excuse me, I'm speaking, uh, that you say, excuse me, let Mary finish. Um, mm -hmm. And then what? hold the question. Mm -hmm. Sure, it's a great mm -hmm. question, but we'll come back to it. So you can protect her because I think whoever watches her back is going to help her succeed. And then uh, in terms of her ability to manage questions and manage interruptions, this is, you know, I started my research in the 70s actually on this. And that's so when you it, researched this? I, I, yeah, I did a doctoral dissertation on this actually at UCSB on, on this very topic. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so I, I've been, this has been interesting to me for, for a long time and um, so the idea of um, when women are, it's, this is without dwelling, but there's, it, there's research on what happens in the moment of the interruption. So that oh. if you interrupt me, you will typically take the topic in a new direction, introduce a new topic. And um, when women interrupt other women, they're going to embellish on what that person is saying. They may think, oh, I have, a, I have something to add, or here's a great quote, or you're not going to believe this. So there, it's, it's a double whammy because you lose control of, what, of that whole point you want to make and that whole domain of information exchange. It's, it's really quite interesting. So when I do assertiveness training, which in the 70s and 80s actually was a thing. Um, but at any rate, I will show women how to say, just hold, excuse me for one second, let me just finish and do it in the most lighthearted way that isn't offensive. You can do it with a smile. You have to manipulate a little bit here. But you can say, I, I just, let, let me get, we'll get back to that. But I just want to, my point, I don't want to forget it. So there are ways to do it where you're not obnoxious and aggressive and rolling your eyes, but you just, you're very poised and cool. Can you? I, I Did that make sense to you, Kevin? Oh, yeah. So much yeah, sense. Yeah. So much sense that can you do me the other side, which is help me? How do I, listening to a person speaking, particularly uh, a, a woman expert, somebody who's, who's an expert in whatever they're talking about, and I am so enthusiastic about what they're saying, I want to participate in what they're saying. 
um, or I want to check in halfway through it to let them know, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm really with you on what you're saying, but I don't want to be the interrupter. I don't want to derail what they're saying. Should I just should I just wait? Do I just need to be patient? Is that what I guess I'm... <laughs> I think you probably answered your own <laughs> yes, question. I, I think I did. Thank you, doctor. Yeah. Thank you for waiting for me to get to the answer of my notes. I'm here. I'm patient. Yes. So it will model patience for That's what other. you did. That's what you did. You just showed me by And now. I nodded my head like mm-hmm. Carl Rogers. And mm-hmm. you knew mm-hmm. I was enjoying it. I just... I get so... Uh, in the generation that I belong to and, and yes, with the right. conversations that I'm in... Um, when somebody says to me, hey, by the way, you've you've not paid attention to the fact that you interrupt people yeah. because you get so excited yeah. and you want to take them places. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I've got a microphone and a radio show, <laughs> so like, isn't that normal? Oh, yeah. And I want to know, I, want, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be thought of, I don't want to be known as the person who, well, if you start talking to Patrick, he's going to interrupt you. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Well, you will forever well, not step. be that guy. You <laughs> just, you know how long it takes to change everything, right? 21 steps. Oh, just like that. I can just decide. So boom, just, done. You yeah. just, okay, you're not that guy. Mm-hmm. I just, well, and then, but then when I'm sitting in a, in a room and I see seven guys who are the other way, I just want to, I don't know what to do. observe with interest and don't judge. That's and my meditation showing there. Right? I like that. I like that. But I also think you have a great opportunity, given the age that you are, to talk to your guy friends about this as well. And, and awareness is the beginning of change. Right. You right. have to right. pay attention. Right. Mm, there mm-hmm. I go again. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. I'm just going to hold yep. my tongue. But I think you can nod and reassure. Can, can and you say that again? <laughs> awareness what? Awareness is the beginning of change. And you have to catch yourself. And, you know, I, I don't think you're ever fixed or you're ever done. I, I'm certainly old enough to know that I've still got stuff going on, and I can be very annoying, as my husband will How? remind me. My kids will remind me. But, you know, I just you have to take the feedback in a good spirit. And as long as the people aren't hostile and they mean well, just say, I get it. I, I'm on Observe the path. Observe with interest. Observe yeah. with interest. Observe with interest. I, I also don't judge. Wanna, I also Acknowledge wanna, the feedback. Yes. Right? Acknowledge. So I wanna, thank, that's thank another you. T-shirt. Thank you. Acknowledge right? the feedback. Yeah. Hashtag. I have thank my, you. My favorite T-shirt I have right now says gender is a drag. <laughs> That's my That's favorite. a good Ooh. one. Gender is a drag. Okay, gotta have well, humor. We're gonna yeah. have we're yeah. gonna have a link to that. Um, I want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, you've been you've coached hundreds, if not thousands, of people, and you've had an impact on thousands of lives. You mean, you're the founder of a university? Come on, right? So, um, right now we've got this new wave of people coming in. Millennials. They hate being called that. We I don't know a better word. But we all know who we're talking about. This emerging right? generation. The emer- oh, oh, thank that's you. That's good. This emerging generation okay. that's much bigger than my generation. Mm-hmm. How are they on their communication skills? You know, I I don't ha- I have to say no. None of them have ever hired me, so <laughs> I I don't think I'm going to be the coach of choice. But I do wonder about the impact of. Uh, virtual communication on their ability to speak. So I'm dating myself, but I think there's something very extraordinary about human contact and sitting here is a privilege to sit with you and we're smiling at each other. We're having a good time. Maybe we would if we were doing it on FaceTime. Each yeah. other. I, well, that's what when you said I'm dating myself, what I heard was you th- like that that would be a millennial statement. I'm dating myself. <laughs> right. That's oh. right. I see you're too quick for me. I'm not dating myself in that way. Yeah. I'm yeah. dating my husband still. Another good T-shirt. But anyway, uh, but I, I I wonder about that because my my kids. I know my my son. He'll kill me for saying this on air, but he went on a no backpacking trip. 
<laughs> no, I'm not going to tell him about this, but he went on a backpacking trip in the Sierras with my husband, a very rugged adventure someplace, and they were definitely off the grid. And he, you know, was one of those people who was very upset that he couldn't, he kept saying, I, I have to talk to my girlfriend. We're thinking, uh-huh. right. Uh, but anyway, you know, he was trying to find the sun. He had a solar connection. I mean, he was so distressed because he couldn't be checking the internet. And he's right. a writer, and he's he, he he lives in that world. He he works for a PBS division, and he does a lot of social media. That's his job. But he was very distressed. So I I know when I'm talking to him, he's kind of lost some of his his charisma, his sparkle, because I think you know he's if he's not talking to me and and using his his thumb. Uh, to talk to someone else virtually, he's he's not happy. So he, and he's in San Francisco. So does he does have that to say that a lot does, right does, there? No, it, no well, <laughs> no. I I, th- I think it's not geocentric. Um, it's do, happening everywhere. Does he have the sparkle in the text when you get a text message from he him? He does particularly because he's a fantastic or? writer. Yeah, he does. I mean, he has as much as anyone could have. Uh, but at any rate, so I I'm concerned about that the fun of human contact being lost. Mm. And uh, we look at a whole continuum from, you know, the script talking to ourselves in our head, one-to-one, to-one-to-group, to-one-to-formal audience. And it's along a continuum, and I think the anxiety builds the more we know people could throw tomatoes or rocks at us, right, from caveman days. Yet we're very comfortable talking (laughs) one to 25 million. (laughs) Yeah, so I think it's safer. I mean, it's like I'm going to put this thing out there my point of view, my whatever it is, my, hey, look, I'm having a great day, or what, whatever that is. Right, for all right. of for all of time. Right, and I think without getting, you know, too dark here, the, the no, hate okay. speech online, yeah. Yeah, 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 where you're not taking a risk, and you say very hateful, cruel things yeah. about people that have led to very terrible uh, sure. outcomes is a consequence of the dark side of all of this. So, um, I, I don't know. It would be fascinating. I, I don't teach anymore, so I don't have any 20-somethings in front of me. How do you spend your day? How do I spend my day? I have um, a range of things I do. I have clients I'm coaching in public speaking. I had a project. I do a lot of strategic planning. And I try to I try to visit uh, my family up in San Francisco. So I travel more than I used to when I was working at a crazy pace. I'm not working at a crazy pace anymore. Mm. A little more work-life balance. Yeah. And, you know, I do enjoy blogs. And I've had some blogs picked up as op-ed pieces. Um, I do push a little bit. I know how to, I'm shameless. I do shameless self-promotion. But I had the Pacific Business Times did a couple of my pieces as op-ed. Nice. Nice. So I write seriously because I've been trained as a researcher, and I have substantive substantive pieces. And I, I encourage bloggers uh, to get trained in how to write and not just talk about their tuna sandwich for lunch. But um, I think that's very exciting. When you talk about this future, the ability to communicate with a lot of people. Right. I have a lot of people reading my blog. I never met them. And it's great. I'm, I'm do you, thrilled. Do, do you still have uh, journalists that you follow or people, writers that you, you uh, get active? Like Lewis Laugham used to write for, used to be the uh, editor-in-chief of Harper's. And, and I just loved watching and following and seeing just because, because he was trained how to write. Yes, and yes. I, and I feel like so often now I can't, find a, I, I can't find a writer in a newspaper to save my life. I can't find somebody who's editorially holding those yeah. writers together right. for more than three paragraphs. Well, mm. there's always Tom Friedman, but I, yeah. I get the New York Times on Sunday. I read it online. I read The Atlantic. Um, I read The Week if I want to look at a 
broad perspective. Mm. I think there are wonderful writers out there. I'm concerned about the state of journalism and people mm-hmm. who actually right. study right. getting right. paid. Um, and I, I think I'm a frustrated journalist. I never was trained, but I've done a lot of workshops to learn how to write my blog pieces. So I think there's great models out there. I also, you know, the magazines are now having bloggers incorporated, mm-hmm. like Fortune for Women, absolutely, and um, Inc. and all of that. So it's it's um, it's a brave new world for people. I think you can be spotted if you can write, and you're a blogger. You just start locally. I think you can mm-hmm. be picked up, and that's mm-hmm. exciting. I'm I'm frustrated with blogging because getting people to read it where people will listen, which is why I like doing the podcast. Yeah, people because right. it's they'll listen to that. Right. And um, in your piece, you talk about what makes a good interviewer. What makes a good guest? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I, I you know, I want to. I'll talk. From, I'll speak for myself. I wanted to be here. Uh, we have some historic connection. I followed your career, Mark, in town. I thought this was a wonderful idea. So I was excited about talking to you, hmm. and hmm. excited about the possibility of uh, being challenged by your questions because I respect you and your background and everything you've done entrepreneurially in this town from your early days. So I think the guest has to really want to be there talking to the interviewer as a person, not just, you know, for the the great fame one might have as a guest, but seriously, I, I it's just fun. And it does, I knew, because I've had so much experience doing interviews, I know that um, it's, it's an adrenaline rush if it right. goes well. And I, it's like better than better than my coffee that's sitting here. I haven't even touched right, it. Right. So you've you've interviewed hundreds, if not thousands. Again, we're, all, we're, we're also always interviewing people, right? We're kind of doing that, yeah. even though if it's not a formal interview. Yeah, because we're that, curious right, about people. Right. Not all of us. But <laughs> the ones that are curious want to pay yeah, attention to Yeah, no, I'm saying you and that, I are right? in this kind of the world because we're curious about people. Yeah. So I'm going to ask, uh, last night there was a, a big mixer in town, and there were 450 people that I didn't know. There's like five I knew. And I like to go and just practice my networking skills, right, my, which is down to my communication skills, also my uh, being uh, bold and just being able to walk up to people I don't know. Um, how, how do you work a room like that when, you, when you're coaching someone? And you know that they've got to get out there and meet some people. And you go, go, go to a business mixer. Right. Why don't you tell them? Well, stay, I, either stay away or do you have some tips? Yeah, I, I do have a couple people. because I came up with uh, with Dr. Fran Lodery. We invented this thing called speed networking. And huh? we actually developed these tips. And I'll see if I can recall a few. But I, I think, that, you know, rather than, hi, I'm so-and-so, you know, and I, I do the I'm a apprentice something and what do you do is start with a question that's yeah but I, I i think what do you do is you know i i like to say what are you excited about there it is uh, yeah. what are you excited uh, yeah. about these uh, days and what made you come here tonight uh-huh. and um what do you what's your vibe so far what's your sense of this i do place? not need to know how you pay your rent <laughs> i'm completely uninterested in that <laughs> and and how hard it is to find housing yeah yeah, yeah. But, oh, uh, the high cost of worst conversation ever at so a you don't want to have a downer which housing could be yeah. especially with those so don't be topic centric mm-hmm. yeah i think it's really you know what's exciting and then they're going to get excited and you're going to be able to then react and say 
that I would never I would never go off on a jaunt to climb a mountain. That's amazing. What what how did that happen? And you just you know you follow the thread. Right. There's a thread there's a, there's a beautiful poetry line about there's a thread you will follow. Yeah. And I think you want to find the thread, you know? So you're going to give them the needle and they're going to put the, pull the thread through and then you're going to pull it. You just keep pulling that thread and it's just, you know, I always think I've got to go home and write a story for the New York Times about this, these three minutes. So I'm, I get intense pretty quickly because hmm. I, I, my sense is I'll never, probably never speak to you again. Right. Hmm. And if I go into it with that, this is my only chance to connect with and you. And I don't want to waste this And I don't want to waste this. Uh, then I think they sense that, and they feel important. People don't get enough validation today because of our crazy fast world and virtual worlds. And I think if you convey that to someone that you're curious, I'm curious about you. Um, so it's like it's, hitting it's, it's like hitting their like button right in front of them a whole bunch of times. Good, <laughs> yeah. Know, like, wow, I love that. Right, like just like I'm gonna, I just you know, it's I like love that. it's like opening your your app. On your on your phone, and, and I'm just, liking you right and now. Just find no, I'm really I have a liking thousand you. likes. Yes. See how he translated See, this immediately no, into no, a millennial frame. Because our listeners, 27 years old. If they're 27, um, they got it. <laughs> your answer to that, which is, it's all about them. It's not about you. You know, when you go to the mixer, it's like, oh, I'm going to be all ready. I'm going to be able to talk about my business. I want to talk about my as opposed to, what are some clever questions I could ask mm-hmm. and make it about them and they're going to feel like oh my gosh that oh, I like that that's guy. the he's, thing you're going to remember all that long you're totally going to remember that because yeah. it's not it's and that's what I do I try to yeah. I love this what are you excited about what what brought you here but was what I thought when you were doing that was you're giving them an opportunity to sparkle mm-hmm. okay because that thing they're excited excited equals sparkle and it's like you you know i didn't ask him a question where my response is going to be pedestrian or or just this one no it's what you excited about i'm excited i'm excited about a lot of stuff oh all of a sudden i'm sparkling and now they're lit right and now that's going to light you up and what what you did was gave them an opportunity to change their state Mm -hmm. because they may not even have been in a good state oh god i got i just got here so i probably couldn't find a parking place around what are you excited about Wow. That often stated uh, yeah, that's true. University that's true. of Houston research study that showed that people remember a disproportionate amount of what they said versus what somebody else said. Mm-hmm. So that that's that like 90-10 conversation that they tell insurance agents and stuff like that where mm-hmm. it's like get them to explain to you mm-hmm. how much insurance they need. Don't tell them how mm-hmm. much insurance you need. Yeah. And think yeah. about that, that it's like, but you know what I really liked at that mixer last night was talking to such and such yeah. versus listening to somebody you know, spill on me. Right. Well, you know, just to build on that, I thought of another quote, which is from Maya Angelou, who said, Mm. you know, I, um, I, people will forget what you said and people will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Right. Mm. And so I think what Mark and I were talking about was how to capture a good, how to create the conditions under which people feel good. Right. And when you, and so I like, I don't remember what the other 
questions were, and we had a kind of template, you know, an all, if all else fails template, because you might see someone who's 6'9 standing in the room and say, you stood out for me. I, wa- I knew I wanted to talk to you. Or there was another time when someone was wearing a beautiful uh, kimono that was clearly mm. an ancient dress, and I, I said, I noticed you the minute you walked in. That dress is so beautiful. I know it has a history. I didn't even have to ask her a question. I just said, I noticed you. And then she said, yes, this was from my grandmother's trunk, and mm. I finally can fit into it. And, <laughs> and off we went. So it can be just a, you're commenting on what you noticed, what you observed, and that can be enough. And that just opens the door, and then they can take it. So uh, you can be the questioner and you can be the commentator. And it is like No, no, media, it's a, you know? very, very much the same. And that's where I'm, you know, thinking about the people listen to the show and hopefully there's that takeaway. What's that? We talked yeah. about this earlier. What's that thing that they learned? Yeah. And if it's just how to be more comfortable in a very uncomfortable yeah. environment, yeah. which is I'm like I'm a power networker. I mean, I, I love doing that. And w- one of my tricks or no, it's not a trick. One of the things I enjoy doing is when I'm looking at a room, notice the people who are on the fringe Mm. who are not Mm -hmm. involved. They're standing there and they're just looking and they're, whatever it is they're feeling, they're not engaged. So I feel it's my duty to make them feel wonderful. That's great. What a weird sensation you have. (laughs) That's my duty. Oh, absolutely. The ambassador of the 805. Well, I mean, it's it's like it's a, if you're always thinking about service, you're always thinking about what you can give. So what I can do is I can give someone a sense of certainty about their ability to go mm-hmm. upstream with these other salmon in the room yeah. and feel comfortable about that and give them one tip. Like, hey, let's go talk to that person. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to. Come on. Let's yeah. go do that. And it's it when I say tr- it, it's fun right. because it practices. I don't know who that person is. Mm-hmm. I'm making this silly assumption. They may have just stepped up because they had gas. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <You> know? <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> it's something. You know, uh, but you're also, you know, you're validating the person's significance, right, right, and right. I think the people standing on the outside aren't necessarily the wallflowers. It just could be the way the configuration of the room goes because right. you may, right. they may have been in the middle right. five minutes before. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's an ebb and flow to those networking yep. events yep. that you've noticed. But I, I like the idea of uh, going into a situation like that and knowing every time it's going to be anxious, anxiety-inducing, yep. even for people like you and I who of aren't course. shy. Right. We just don't know, and there's different vibe in every room because group dynamics yep. are yep. what they are yep. and there's chemistry yep. and or who alcohol. knows or alcohol or who knows what just happened yep. in the meeting before the networking yep. Yep. so i i think that you know we haven't used the word humility here but i do i i remember as a younger person there was no such term as millennial in those days but i remember as a younger person being very impressed by older accomplished people whom i met and i think that the thing that struck me was how humble they were. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I met mm-hmm. a lot of famous mm-hmm. people through my university life and being involved in, in UCSB events. And I was shocked by the fact they said, I'm always learning and growing. You know, and I remember meeting a scientist and said, can you imagine looking at a, at a scientific book from 20 years ago? You know, and how, and how certain they were yes. about which revolved around, you know, which planet. And you know, we take nothing for granted. We're learning every day. And I love that attitude of this particular scientist. And I'm very humble about what I know. I know a lot about a little, few things, you know, and I know a lot about 
a little bit about a lot of things. But I, I go after things as an educator does. I love to learn from people who know a lot about whatever they know. Exactly. And it enriches me. So it, social communication is so enriching. And, you know, I think the times I've gotten the most work out of these networking things have been when I had no expectations. Right. I was right, just right, there, right, right, right. and I wanted to find out who was in the room. So if you go into it with an attitude of humility and curiosity and being available, you'll have a good time. And you will let people see the real you, yeah. not the the pitch you, right? It's yeah. just like, hey, I just want you, if you want to hang out and if you like my thoughts, you like my ideas, then right. let's, and if you're open and you're looking to build, like how can I take what you just said and add to that right. now and then heighten it back to our improv, add to it, heighten it, give you some superpowers that you didn't have before, which is acknowledging, right. you know, that in recognizing, yeah. which we don't do enough of right. anywhere. Right. We, don't, we just don't do that. We're not, right. we're not very good at that. Right. And I think we know the, the importance of likability. In corporate life, people have been interviewed, you know, blind interviews where they've had the same similar resumes. Mm. And, you know, so any one of three people could get could do the job as much as the job would be the same mm. for five minutes. But that's another story. And so they they are thinking, I think people who are smart will say, do I want to look at this person every day? Mm. Do I want to be with them again? Your, what you just said, if Susan Cain was sitting here, who authored The Quiet Revolution and is the voice of the introverts, would say that it is unfair that the extrovert got the extra love because they presented better, where the introvert might be the better person. What would you yeah. Well, boy, I would love to do another show on the introvert extrovert mm -hmm. um, dynamic. I'm an ambivert. <laughs> what is that? No, oh, you and, both. And, well, we were sitting yeah. at TED listening to her talk, and she said, and then there's the ambivert. I went, oh, that's what I am. Because as an ambidextrous. Well, people think I'm an extrovert, but I self-identify as an introvert, mm -hmm. and I was like, whoa. Okay, what is that? And then she gave permission for this new category oh, good. I'm glad. to say, here's this other thing that we really are, good. and we show up in other ways. I feel better now because good. I am definitely, an, say it again, ambivert, ambivert because I, I will tell people that I'm actually very shy. And right? I was an only child for five years, mm. which, you know, then mm. I had a brother. But for, uh, for five years, I was very independent. I read constantly. As soon as I could read, I would curl up in the corner with books. I didn't have anybody else to talk to. My mm, parents were mm. not that gregarious. Mm. And it took me really until college to come out of that shell. I majored in art, and I realized that is a mistake. I'm alone all day painting and drawing, and I need to get out and meet people. So my sophomore year, I went through a transformation. So there is that introvert in me, and that's why I like to think of gradations, that with a lot of shades of gray. I don't want to simplify somebody and say, that's who she is all the time under all conditions. Because right. I don't believe right. that's true. And and I think the conditions can provoke stuff. And um, I, I even in the interview, going back to what you said, I disagree a little bit because I've seen people interview who are uh, quieter and less forthcoming and take a few moments to think about their answers. And they've gotten the job. So I've Hope. seen people who have demonstrated reflective behaviors. And that's what was needed. And mm. so... It isn't a cookie cutter formula here. People are no, exactly. complicated. No, exactly. You've got to li listen loud, is what yeah. we say. I, I'm very interested in that concept. Good.
this has been an amazing conversation. Thanks. It just, uh, just time went just like that. Done. We're done. We and are done. Yeah. Well, we're not done. We've we just, just started. We just, we, we've just started. And uh, this is so much fun. Thank uh, you. I think our listener learned a lot. I learned a lot. Oh, and I, um, our listener also knows that it's this time in the show where we get to put a bow around the conversation and actually name it, call it into being, make it a thing because it's going to go out there on the interwebs and. People are going to see. They're going to see the title because we've got over a hundred shows, and they're just they listen to one, then they scan through, and they're going to pick another one. What would we call this conversation? You get first dibs. Well, we talked about conversation as an interview that involves trust, and and maybe and trust and curiosity, the importance of trust and curiosity mm-hmm. in communication. So let's see if we can say that in. Four words. In four words, uh, trust and curiosity. Mm. Trust and curiosity. Tr- Communicating trust and curiosity. Okay. How's that? Okay. Is that a good one? Is that another T-shirt? It's close. It's close. Okay, we're not there yet. It's not. It's not, not quite it's not zippy. Does, it doesn't have zip. Or, yeah. but I, I, I think we talked. I think we talked around all the ways in which people connect when there is trust and curiosity. Mm-hmm that makes you want to talk to that person again. And it's a very, it's a fast paced world with a lot of transiency. And if we remember somebody because they, they were interesting and curious and made us feel significant, we're going to want to talk to them again. Exactly. And that's what we all want, right? Yeah, We'd love so. to talk to you again. So Thank can we so reserve much. the right to Absolutely. recall the guests? I'm not moving. Your honor? Not after all these years. Oh, my gosh. I have brothers. a house. How many hundreds of shows are we going to do and then just redo all hundred and some of them? Yeah, everybody's invited. We're going to do yeah. sequels. Okay. Uh, Thank you so 2018 much, 2018 is all sequels. You're so Thank welcome. You how, so do, how does someone find you on the Internet? Just LoisPhillips.com. Okay, that's two L's. Two L's and Phillips. There you go. Perfect. Thank you. I love it. Thank you so much. I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press, for just this atmosphere here where we can have these amazing conversations. We've been doing this for a couple of years now and supported by partners and sponsors. If you would like to help us with our mission, go look at 805connect.com partners. All the information is there. Patrick, um, yeah, someone has just listened to this. They're yeah. excited. Right. What do they do now? It's very hard. It's very difficult. Um, you're going to want to eat first. You're want to get lots of breathing. Maybe you know get warmed up, do some stretching, um, and then just rate, write, review. Just press rate, a few buttons. Right. Review. Rate, write, review, subscribe, uh, participate in this more than just being a listener. Uh, become somebody who supports us as a subscriber. Uh, that takes you to that next level where you get some ownership over this show and you have the authorship to write to us and say, hey, uh, this is the direction you should be going. Or, hey, you forgot to ask oh. this very interesting guest this question. Uh, and uh, tell Mark that. And, uh, you know, very often Mark still has uh, contact with our guests and he can uh, get that information for you either specifically. And if it's an important enough question, maybe he will put it in the show notes. So, yeah, that's your opportunity to gain some authorship as an independent producer of this program. Uh, become a subscriber and then pay attention and then ask questions. I love that. And the way you get a hold of me is send a note to mark at 805connect.com and 
you know, let me know what you like, you don't like, and we get most of our guest suggestions from your mail. So you know someone interesting, you met somebody at one of those mixers, and you ask them what brought you here, what got you excited, and that got you excited, tell me all about it. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.